Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. And this time, well, in spite of everything terrible happening all around us, we're finally having something positive on the show. We have Alistair Pitts on our show from the Russell Files Unite podcast, and I'm glad that I'm able to speak with him in Russian this time. Здоровья тебе, товарищ! У нас есть водка и тульские праники! Yeah, please, please, Alistair, introduce yourself and your show, and uh, let's talk about movies. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Kristaps. It's a joy to be on the show. So if I caught that correctly, you were saying you've got some vodka, you have got some uh, some gingerbread from Tula, and long live the eastern border. Ah, Sajot. I'm sure I missed something. What did I miss? <laughs> It'll do, mate. It'll do. Okay. I've been promoting uh, Alistair to you on many occasions because he dissects uh, Soviet movies, and a lot of them were made here in Latvia. One of the known facts is that Riga was uh, kind of a placeholder for every European city ever. Yeah, it's like a chameleon city. <laughs> when I was in UK, uh, they still have like the thing about the. I was in the Sherlock Holmes Museum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they still hold a special place for the Soviet Sherlock Holmes series, which are filmed in Riga in Yonmoku Ila in Yonmoku Street. Yeah, yeah, Vasily Livanov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was fortunate enough to visit Riga uh, a few years ago, and you were very kind to like show me around the place and. Of course, one of my first things to do was to track down like uh, substitute Baker Street, which was awesome. Yeah, I know it's 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 really cool how you've got like this version of London, except it's like the complete other end of Europe. Yes, of course, Europe is a single country. Everybody knows that. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Although uh, my country obviously is is trying hard to be like uh, a pariah state. <laughs> Back to the Soviet movies, my sure. favorite one is uh, 
And that's again, that's a Latvian movie made in Savitera. It's uh, called Breathe Deep. Okay. Alpoyedzidi, the official name of that thing. It was made in the 60s, I guess. Uh, released in the 70s because it was very kind of controversial. It contained kind of a spirit of glasnost to be, to be true. Uh, I highly recommend that one. And I also recommend uh, A Gift to a Lonely Woman, which is all about how the Soviet person could get a car. That was fun, too. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, I guess it was like a, a year or so back. Uh, you recommended me a couple of Latvian films, and I'm, I'm afraid I haven't gotten around to them yet. But I do have a list on Letterboxd for whoever's on there <laughs> to uh, check out at some point. My question to you is like... Um... Have you watched sequels, modern-day sequels, to those Russian movies? I haven't all the way through, but... <laughs> I, want, I want you to suffer. I, I want you to suffer. <laughs> okay, so here's a fun one. So one of the movies I covered that's a classic from the late 70s, which is Office Romance. They did a remake, uh, I guess it was about like... 10 getting on for 10 years ago oh no i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah yeah so i have watched like the first maybe five minutes of that remake and i just went do you know what life's too short i am slowly dying inside by you reminding this right that's worth mentioning because the male lead in the remake is is now the president of ukraine <laughs> yep so you know Interesting career journey. The, the worst of them all is still the Prisoner of Caucasus too. Oh, okay. That is the worst of them. That is just like, even from the point of cinematography, they made it worse. Mm. Despite like decades of like, in theory, advance in cinema technology, it still manages to look worse. <laughs> nice. Yes, it does. And uh, I'm a huge fan of Red Letter Media. I'll admit it openly. I, I love those guys because they, they taught me a lot of that. But, like, in the original, they at least managed to capture the wild animals and the main villains in the same shot. Here, they don't. Hmm. Secondly, um, the role of Shurik is cast by the same guy who played the doctor by the name of Levin in the, basically the Russian version of The Scrubs. Okay, yeah. I've never actually seen Interns, the Russian version of, of Scrubs, but I do remember that, I guess it was on while I was living in Moscow, and I remember seeing posters of it everywhere and just going like, that looks like Russian Scrubs. Like, is this an official, like, remake, or is this just like, ah, oh, that worked in America, let's just rip it off and, like... I don't know. I don't know whether it's like licensing or anything or whether it was just like, yeah, a ripoff. There is licensing stuff, but um, from the British shows, the IT crowd is still my favorite. Okay, yes. But the British version. Yeah, didn't they do like an American pilot, but it never actually took off? It did take off. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Huh. And it's shite. Okay. Yeah, because obviously The Office... There was 12 episodes, I think, of the British version, and then, like, many, many seasons of the American version. If, if you compare Russian ripoffs to the American shows, which they do a lot, Married with Children, by the way, is the show that caught off in Russia so well that they have produced, like, original material for that even. Oh, wow. <laughs> They've done everything, but, like, it's crazy. Yeah, so my experience of watching American 
shows on Russian TV. Now, I didn't actually uh, have a TV set like most of my time in Russia, and I just like it probably would have been good for my Russian, but I couldn't really be bothered. But um, my flatmate, my first two years, had the TV in our flat, and so he'd watch it quite a bit. But they had this weird custom of when they dubbed Western shows of just one dude dubbing all of the voices. <laughs> so you had friends where Jennifer Aniston is is like... I know that dude. Yeah, oh, okay. Like I know that dude. <laughs> I know that one dude. I'm gonna get him on my show. <laughs> he's now a political analyst, and he's quite famous. Oh, wow. He was the one guy... Who dubbed everything in the 80s? He dubbed all the action movies and everything. He's still alive and he's still active as a journalist. And uh, <laughs> wow. When I get him, he doesn't speak any English though, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the same thing he did to the English movies. You're gonna have a Russian background and an English voiceover <laughs> in a terrible Russian language, the English, because it's awesome. It's just awesome, man. But yeah, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Russian cinema, what draw you to it? Because, you know, Sergei Eisenstein is kind of my country mate. He was born in Riga. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, so I think it was essentially me trying to kill two birds with one stone. So Oh, killing two stones with one bird. <laughs> I know that statement, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I'd been quite into movies when I was at university and in the years between like leaving uni and then going off to Russia. But I hadn't watched a ton of films when I was out there just because of like my work hours and like doing split shifts and it not being, you know, very conducive to like watching a lot of movies. So when I got back to the UK, I was like, well, I want to get back into watching movies, but I also want to keep up with my Russian and kind of keep exploring like it just sounds so pretentious but like the history and the culture and the language and like cinema was kind of like a, a window into that and also i'd guested on a little indie podcast called classic schmassic which sadly is no longer going but uh they would uh they like i volunteered myself like i invited myself on the on the show and they actually uh, said yes and i said hey uh i'd like to talk about battleship uh Potemkin. and they were like yeah, that sounds good. So they had me on and I had such a good time. Ended up coming back to talk about Solaris and had a great time again. And I was kind of like, do you know what? I should start my my own podcast. And I basically ripped off their format of like having a little like pre-discussion section, then like going away and watching the movie and then coming back for like the discussion of like what I actually thought. So my format is essentially like I set up the movie not that anyone will ever actually do this but supposedly you would then pause the show watch the movie like quote unquote with me and then come back and listen to the second half and uh, and see what i thought but uh, yeah essentially i got that format from them because you know talent borrows etc well i've done some things for my patreons where we uh basically do movie commentary tracks hmm where we watch the movie together with someone and then, you know, the people can just, you know, get the movie and then they can just play our audio over the movie and get our oh, commentary cool. tracks. 
maybe we can yeah, yeah. Do that sometimes too. That would be fun. Yeah. So, uh, so which which movies have you done? Rocky Four and Red Dawn. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I should I should say occasionally, instead of just doing Russian and Soviet movies, we sometimes do a Western movie with a Russian connection, uh, and just kind of like I mean, not that I'm an expert, but <laughs> we've never gotten around to Rocky Four. Rocky Four. It's a disaster that we love here. It's amazing. It's just the best movie ever. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How Sylvester Stallone wins the Cold War by, like, smacking a Swedish guy multiple times in the jaw. Yeah, it's it's a classic. Also, how how he how the KGB drives around with Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> right. How, how, how Stallone is allowed to train alone in the... Russian countryside all by himself without supervisors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that too. And then we watched the Red Dawn. I was like, oh my God, no guys. Just Speaking of Red Dawn, of course you've heard the story about like when they decided to do the remake of Red Dawn, right? Wait, they have a remake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it had to I wanna say it had one of the Hemsworths in it as well. I think it was I think it was actually Thor himself. I could be wrong. It might have been one of the other ones. I wanna watch that movie now. Yeah, you need to track it down. But but originally the villains in that were going to be the Chinese. Because, you know, communist country, the Soviet Union doesn't exist, so we can't have them invade. But hey, the Chinese, they they have a communist party, so let's make them the villain. And then someone went uh, yeah, but China's a pretty big movie market. Maybe we shouldn't make them the villains. So, and this was like after production. So they'd done all of this. So this meant that they had to then like essentially like digitally remove all the Chinese flags and replace them with North Korean flags because they were like, okay, uh, the Chinese are just going to be North Koreans. The North Koreans have invaded, not the Chinese. Forget we said that. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, that that's a movie that happens. Whoa, whoa! In Rocky Four, you know about the Drago thing. Everyone here was just like, you know, obviously rooting for Drago because why didn't you defect? <laughs> of course. Why didn't you defect, you motherfucker? <laughs> uh, yeah, my podcast allows for swearing. I'm sorry. Uh, if you're listening to to his podcast, uh, welcome to swearing territory. We do that here. <laughs> it was like, um. You should have defected. Your wife is obviously a setup from the KGB to watch over you. Just fucking defect. You have no family. Why are you not doing that, you stupid dumb fuck? <laughs> Bronze rather than brain, I guess. Uh, so this is the thing I'm I'm really curious about. So obviously, like you're a fan of like Soviet era movies in Russian, but I was curious, like for folks who are like in Latvia and at at university now or in their early 20s, do they still, would they still like grow up watching Soviet era movies and would they still like them? Or is that more of a like generational thing almost? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them because. Sorry, I don't, I don't want to make you feel super old. No, no, no. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 31 now. I'm not that old, but yeah, we do because a lot of the, a lot of the better Soviet movies were made here, especially, you know, 
17 Miracles of Spring, if you've seen that one. No, I have not seen that, but I know it by reputation. You should be ashamed of yourself. I know, I know. Go into a corner and die now. (laughs) You do not know the story of Stirlitz. I know of Stirlitz, but yes, it's on the list to cover at some point. It is. It is something that you should watch and should do everything you can. It's the thing that um, Levy Movie Makers really learn from that. Except, you know, sometimes in modern love and media, we do um, we have some great movies. I recommend two of them, by the way, openly. Uh, one is Homo Novus, which is based upon a novel of a Latvian emigre of World War II who moved to the United States. And he wrote about the bohemian life of artists in 30s Latvia. Mm. That's a great movie. Uh, it was shown in Boston in English as well. So I know it has English dubs. And the second one is The Fond of Criminal Excellence, which is in, in 2018, we had this 100 year anniversary of our country and we funded a lot of movies. One of those was this uh, Criminal Excellency Fund which was a, a story about criminal activities in the 90s, you know, post-Soviet era, which is great. And then there was the great shame of our country, biggest shame ever that you could picture, which you should all watch because of, oh my fucking God, how terrible it was. It's called in English, The Pagan King. It's promoted in English as The Pagan King. It was made together with Lithuanians. It was an attempt to make something historically accurate uh, sort of Hollywood historical story. Uh, That went wrong because the movie even starts with Latvian rugby being played. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Even though Latvians had had no rugby ever. And Semigallians are ruling all over the coastland. If you know something about Latvia, then Semigallians are the landlocked guys. (laughs) Right. Uh, But yeah, Homo Novus. (laughs) Homo Novus and the Fund of Criminal Excellency, something that I highly recommend. From this show, you'll probably get Homo Novus better because it's a shorter name. But Homo Novus is a really, really good movie. It's uh, like a low-budget one because we can't afford all the Hollywood effects. It's a story about a guy who is an artist who arrives in the countryside to Riga you know, to become a better artist because he's just finished his artistry school. And it's about the bohemian art uh, lifestyle in Riga in the 20s and 30s. And it's amazing. It's one of the best movies I could recommend to you. Yeah, that sounds super interesting. I will have to check that out. What else? Are, what are your other like favorite, favorite Russian and like uh, Soviet movies? I'm really curious. From the Soviet era? Yeah, I mean, or, or more modern as well, either, whichever. There are three movies that I really, really enjoy. Uh, one of them is Brat. Okay, of course, yeah, 90s movie, speaking of the 90s and organized crime and stuff. I don't even know. I think you should learn Russian to watch that movie. Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly a movie that wouldn't have got made in the Soviet era until, like, maybe the, like, very late 80s. <laughs> it shows all the horrors of the Chechen war and everything. The realm of everything made by Gaidai. Right, Gaidar, everything is great. Uh, Operatia E, I love that one. And then I suppose I really like, but that's because I've seen it so many times. I, it's just ingrained in my brain. The 
С легким паром. Of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. Ir- irony of fate. Yes. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, uh, you might have seen uh, what's uh, Andrei Myakov. Uh, he, he died just the other day. I'll raise a glass to my Zhigulevsky uh, piva to him. And, Excellent. No, but like uh, that that movie is just incredible. And when they made a sequel, fuck the sequel. Like seriously, that movie was just awesome. And like in the Soviet era, and I'll tell you a nice little secret here: uh, how they use the Soviet comedies to their own advantage. The fact is that they use stand-up comedians and uh, these whole comedy things. To distract people from their everyday, you know, everyday sorrow. Right, right. It was an intentional attempt to kind of make people forget. But at the same time, the very same guy died. The guy that uh, his movies were just awesome. All the shuriks, all the Vasily Ivanovich Minyayat Profesio or Vasily Ivanovich uh, Changes Profession. Right. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely definitely one of my favorites of like Soviet comedy. It's like, and he made that, and the Soviet comedy parts were like, that's all made by one director. Yeah, Igor Gaidai. Hello there. Thank you for tuning in into another episode of the Eastern Border. We are so happy to announce that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Rusansov.com. If you're looking to buy new art, don't forget to use the code Eastern Border for a discount on us. Remember, head over to rusensoft.com and happy shopping. If, however, you want to support our show directly, head over to patreon.com or our website theeasternborder.lv to find out how you can help out. For all things Eastern Border, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Discord. And as always, thank you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate each and every one of you. That's all from me now. See you online. This podcast brought to you by RussianVoiceOvers.eu. Enjoy. Igor Gaidai. Also, the Gentleman Fortune. Yeah, haven't seen that one yet. It's on the list, though. <laughs> All the side comedies were so full with with. I don't even know how uh, how they were allowed because they not only made fun. They weren't comedies in the sense of you know if you watch the American comedies at the same time, you see the kind of the slapstick. And there's a lot of slapstick in them as well. But they also make fun of the fact that there's not enough produce, there's not enough stuff in the stores, there's, you know, there's self-deprecating comedies, right? Oh, yeah, and there's like a like a hard satirical edge. Like, speaking of that, like, one of my favorites would be Welcome or No Trespassing. So the director of that one, uh, Ellen Klimov, is most famous, like, uh, to Western viewers as as the director of Come and See, which is obviously like a an incredible but incredibly horrific war movie. But like right at the beginning of his career, he did this really light and fun comedy set in a kid's uh, pioneer camp, except it has this really kind of like hard satirical edge because the camp 
is essentially like a big metaphor for the Soviet Union, <laughs> essentially. Um, and the leader of, of the camp is... Oh, yeah. The same for Mikhailkov. Like, Mikhailkov has an Oscar. But Mikhailkov also now thinks that all the um, COVID vaccines give you a Bill Gates... Oriented microchip. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gone off the deep end, which is which is very sad because he's obviously he's a talented, a very talented actor and talented filmmaker. But yeah, he he does does seem to have. Uh... And like, and the recent movie Stalingrad, if you, if you watch that one. Yeah, is this the one the uh, Fyodor Bondarchuk one from? It's, it I guess it's about like eight years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Mikhail Kov had an input in that one. It was like just just awful, man. And and the same with Virginia um, Vierch about the basketball players. Okay, yeah, no, that that one is completely uh, yeah passed me by. Yeah, I was like, he's done a bunch of movies lately where you know they just got the governmental money because it just touches the subjects hmm. that the government deems important. Right. Same about the Crimea movie. Like, you know, they have a movie about uh, Crimea joining Russia, where one of the major plot points is a, um, a guy from Crimea who knows English, who wants to move to the United States, and he knows English, and his whole plot point is to getting a tourist from the United States, who also knows English, to marry him so that he can move to the States. They've gone down to that level. Gotcha. And then on the other hand, you've got like art house directors like uh, Andrei uh, Zviagintsev, who's making films like Leviathan and Loveless that make Russia look really, really, really terrible. I fucking hated Leviathan. Oh, okay. Okay, no, uh, uh, tell me about it. I'm sorry, but like that movie had no story direction. It had nothing. And I... Like, I couldn't feel for the main character at all. Oh, I mean, he's a bit of a jerk, but I... He's not just a bit of a jerk. He's just an asshole who doesn't do anything to improve his own position. I watched the movie, I watched the reviews, I watched kind of critical analysis of the movie. It's a sad, depressive movie about a man who gets too drunk, his best friend cheats on his wife, and also kind of wants to get him out of his trouble with the local authorities. And in the end, an Orthodox church gets built upon his property. It's a long story, but... Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's a movie about a sad man, a sad, miserable human being who really doesn't do anything to improve his own condition. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. But on the other hand, it's 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 one of these it's one of these odd ones where you kind of it's kind of surprising that it got made, but almost and the fact that it got like some state funding, but it's almost like a from the authorities' point of view, it's kind of like a see, we do have freedom of speech here. Look, you can make a movie that makes the country look really terrible, but I can't imagine that it got particularly wide distribution actually in Russia. I could be wrong about that, but it didn't. It did. It didn't really. No, I didn't think so. They they forbade this of Stalin, which was like. Oh, I know. I know. Eh? Funny, funny thing about that. One of the it's not a good movie, as far as I know. Anything about movies? Death of Stalin is mediocre at best. The same as Matilda. I must admit, I I enjoyed it a lot, but yeah, probably from like a. I I agree that it is a funny comedy movie, okay. But as a historian, from the historian perspective, uh, maybe it just didn't click with me because they overdid a lot of things and they skipped out a lot of things and right. Uh, they did get the Stalin's death scene right about the fact that they were just too afraid to get into the pool of piss, but uh, that was true. But it was like, you know, we're going to be this edgy movie. We're going to go through all these borders. And then they just cut it exactly at the moment where they could have gone over and made it art. You know, I... I didn't really like it. I uh, it was like not a six out of ten for me. It was okay, but nothing much. Okay, no, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yes, I, I I can kind of see why they weren't like the authorities weren't too too fond of that. Oh, do 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 Matilda, Matilda, man. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that that didn't go down too well, did it? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it yet. Don't. It's it's shite. Okay, it's a boring movie. I mean, it really just depicts uh, Nicholas II, or uh, how I called in my show, Nikki II, is a human being. And that's it. He has a love affair with a ballerina. Which he did. That's a thing that happened. But you're not allowed to say that because, you know, he... That's that's literally the movie. Yeah. I mean, watch The Expanse instead. <laughs> because of this movie, like, Literally, a person drove into a cinema full with uh, gas tanks. And I don't mean gasoline, I mean really gas. Uh, exploded himself full with gas just to kill everyone who would come to see this movie because it um, 
dishonors the memory of Nicholas II. <sighs> Yikes. I mean, um, This was supposed to be a fun episode, Kristaps. <laughs> this still is a fun episode. Yeah, it's all relative, right? It's all I relative. Mean, so far, we've only into 15 deaths or so. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, it's a matter of proportion, isn't it? Or a sliding scale. Oh, man. No, but like, uh, just Russian movies today is like, uh, I recommend everyone watching Bad Comedian. He does things in Russian, but he just analyzes all the Russian movies uh, coming out today. And uh, he's a fan of some of the Russian movies. And he's also a Russian kind of a nationalist, I would even say. He openly talks about, you know, um, need for the Russian Empire to be restored. At the same time, he kind of yells at very terrible Russian movies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sounds like an interesting guy. <laughs> uh, so I'm curious, why why do you think that Russian movies that continue to be popular are the ones from the 60s and 70s? Because they make great fucking movies, mate. Those movies are awesome. I mean, um, the Soviet comedies and everything, they truly were amazing. And um, they want to... Bring it out in the open, I think. They want to make sure more people see them. Mm. Because the Soviet Union is usually associated with all this kind of negative things. but And it, and it had a lot of them. And my show opens up like a bunch of torture and everything bad, right? But at the same time, I've had Mir episodes. And I've had episodes about... Uh, the greatest achievements the Soviet Union ever had. And in the movie-making perspective, really had some great achievements. I mean, they they really did advance the whole thing because they didn't want to step back from the Americans, right? They wanted to um, be in front of everyone. They wanted to bring forth the best the mankind could do. And now and then they actually did. And that's great. Yeah, and it's it's... I think one of the reasons, as I've gone along with the show, that I wanted to like highlight is that at least in Britain, and you know, I don't know the states that well, although my wife's from there. Like our stereotype of the Russians is is pretty much like Ivan Drago. It's like this kind of very serious, unsmiling. That is not funny. Like just this very kind of robotic type of person, like, yeah, more of like a cyborg than a, than a human. And that's, I mean, it's just nonsense. Uh, Cause like anyone, they, you know, they have a sense of humor and especially when life can be extremely tough, humor is a coping mechanism. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's not surprising. Yeah, it was. It was. It it was a coping mechanism. Not much else that we could do. You know, mm. we could either sit in our homes and be miserable, or we could laugh at something. And and there's a little nice little quote from Mikhail Bulgakov, which states, "На кого смеетесь, Right. So, who should you laugh at? Laugh at yourself. Yep. And that's that's kind of 
that's kind of it because what else can you do? This is why this is why people sometimes misunderstand my slogan, happiness is mandatory. <laughs> it's both the fact that happiness is mandatory from the outside, but on the other hand, if you want to survive in the Soviet environment, you have to stay happy some somehow from the inside and uh if you remember that um you know all those people who made all those movies have to go through all this kind of censorship boards and everything right to even get the movie made right what they put through this what they got through past the radar what they kind of made made you feel that was awesome because the movies were extremely cheap during Soviet era mm. like uh, five kopecks for a kind of a screening in the cinema in the 60s or 70s yeah and i want to say like at least in the 60s and 70s a tv set was like comparatively expensive so not everyone had them in their homes yeah it was it was extremely expensive you you had to wait in line for like 3 to 5 years to get one right right whereas in the states like the 50s is kind of like the era in which tv really really takes off like to the point that hollywood is kind of like oh man we're really struggling to compete because people would rather just like stay at home and and watch the box in the corner so that's why you get like you know widescreen and like the and 3d and stuff that they're trying there just to kind of like well your tv can't do this and yeah in the soviet union they didn't really have that to the, the same extent like that's one thing that might surprise folks who haven't seen many Soviet movies before is that most of them are in, I don't know if it's exactly Academy ratio, but it's it's basically like the ratio is like three, four, more that's square rather than widescreen. I mean, there are exceptions, but mostly it's kind of boxy, which if you're used to seeing widescreen movies, which we mostly are at this point in, in the West, that's a little bit of a thing to get used to, but you know, it still works. Uh, that said, uh, how do you feel, Kristaps, about the like epic uh, seven out seven plus hour War and Peace from the sixties? Is that is that one you've seen? Death, death, <laughs> in a good way, <laughs> or, or did you not like this one either? Fuck it, I've read the book, you know. Enough, enough of this. Right, 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 right. One of the favorite movies is like, uh, however, what they did was like uh, Master and Margarita. Oh, okay. Those TV series. Now, those are great. The War and Peace. <laughs> F bleep War and Peace. Master and Margarita is where it's at. Bulgakov is the shit, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bulgakov is very, very interesting. And and then, of course, you know, he had his uh, his run-ins with, with Stalin as well, like... Uh, you know, that's definitely someone you don't want on the other end of the phone in the middle of the night. But, you know, you're a big theatre director in uh, in the, what, like the late 30s, then that's, you know, very much a possibility. Well, Uncle Joe did like like his westerns, really. Right. Uh, he liked uh, all that stuff. And, and I still consider Master and Margarita one of the greatest examples of Russian literature and movie making ever made. One thing that I like from modern Russian movies is uh, V. Oh, okay. I haven't seen those yet. That's from uh, Gogol. Of course, yeah. And that's uh, one of the very 
few Russian horror movies, because I'm a huge horror movie fan, mm. that um, actually I enjoyed that one. It was based on the legend. It had a nice setup. I'll say that much without spoiling anything. It had a really, really awesome setup. And the payoff was really good, too. The sequel to V, however, is uh, a crap you shouldn't watch. But uh, but the original was great. The same with the Nightwatch movies. The original Nightwatch... Read the books, watch the movie, awesome. Their sequels and the fact that they try to make something else is basically a Russian version of Divergent, and it is awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I've watched both of them, but it's such a long time ago. I mean, I do intend to get to Nightwatch at some point on the show, but I'm not sure quite when that will be, to be honest. Well, we kind of have to wrap this up because it's... Of course, yeah, yeah. It's hit 45-minute mark and we've been blathering about Russian movies at all times. <laughs> but uh, thanks to have you on the show. Uh, also, also, I will uh, mail about you to rusensoft.com, our sponsors of the show, who uh, gallantly provide us with uh, their sponsor link. If you go to rusensoft.com and purchase any Russian or Soviet merchandise there and enter Eastern Border at the checkout, you get a 10% discount. And I'm pretty sure that if you will go there as well and just, you know, make your own thing, you can get the same deal from them as well. I highly recommend you do. Because Rosensov looks like they need some, you know, podcasting guys. And I have a nice poster which says, More Steel War Weapons on my wall. Nice. So I highly recommend you, you do it as oh, well. Oh, yes, yeah, I've got my Battleship Potemkin t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, man, uh, nice, to, nice to talk to you. And uh, please advertise your podcast, comrade. You have four minutes to do so. Oh, okay, so, yeah... <laughs> Four minutes. I uh, probably shouldn't need quite that much. So it's uh, it's just Rooster Files Unite movie podcast, and you should be able to find me on all your usual platforms. We normally release an episode a month, so not quite as prolific as Chris Stapp's here, but, you know, uh, we try. So, yeah, check it out if you're interested in hearing uh, me chat with a guest. Uh, different guest each time, but we've got repeat guests about Russian movies. So, yeah, cheers. And thanks, Kristaps, very much for having me on. Can I be a guest at, at some point too, please? Of course, yes. We'll have to We'll have to pick out a movie. Uh, I'll give you one. Okay. A gift to a lonely woman. Okay, yeah. Yeah, please do that, because I'll be, I'll be glad to have you. Awesome. And uh, to everyone else, do свидания, товарищ. Thank you for listening to The Eastern Border. If you have any comments or specific details you'd like to know, you're welcome to leave it in the comment section on our site, theeasternborder.lv, and we'll rummage even to the western border to find you an answer. Like this podcast? Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our RSS feed. Happiness is mandatory. Good reviews and donations feed the farmers of our kolkhoz in the great motherland. The Eastern Border salutes you. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows like this one. 
The Dark Myths Void. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Traffic jams tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.